to the Last Gen Podcast brought to you by Miracle Word Ministries. These episodes are specifically created with students in mind. More than ever before, we must know why we believe what we believe, build strong faith, and stay on fire for God. We know that Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to live like this is the last generation. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Last Gen Podcast, everybody. My name is Alex Iaquinto on behalf of Miracle Word Ministries. And if you're listening to the podcast today, can I please humbly recommend that you move over to YouTube? There's a bunch of extra content in the YouTube video that's not in the podcast. Um, a little vlog action, if you will. So without further ado, if you're listening, if you're listening and you want to stay on Apple and Spotify, I totally get that. That's totally fine. You can do that, but I think many people like YouTube better anyways, so just letting you know, go to Last Gen Youth on YouTube, and you can just find the video there, watch along with me, come on my adventures that we have together. Um, Anyways, I'm going to get into it today. I entitled this episode, A Message to the Broke Young Adult. If that's you, if you're a young person, whether you're in middle school, high school, college, you started your career, and you're feeling financial pressure, I want you to listen to this episode. It will genuinely help you. Now, this is a huge problem that I've noticed among young people in the church. There's this huge stereotype that if you're a young person and you're starting out, or maybe you're in high school, college, you have to be broke. That you that you have to have no money, you have to be poor. You hear adults tell stories like, and you know that was that was the high school days. Those were the college days. We were dirt poor, had the best time of our lives. But we were dirt poor. We had no money. We were broke. But that's just college, right? No, it doesn't have to be your young adult life. You don't have to be broke. I'm coming from a perspective, and I know you believe that God cares about His children. He cares about the financial well-being of His children, and finances are a huge part of the well-being of people. Did you know that the number one stressor in a marriage is financial problems? And the number one reason for divorce is financial problems. If you can get these financial problems out of the way, and you can apply principles from the Word of God that will get you on top of your money, then you'll never have those issues in your life. You know, it's even the Bible says, and people don't like this verse, but Money answers all things. Think about all the problems that other people have in their lives. They, you know, their, their job doesn't pay them enough. There's stress at home. Their, their kids want to do this, but they can't afford All of that can be fixed with money. I'm not saying money should be your master, but you should be the master of your own money so that it works for you and you don't work for it. Now, there are four points that I have for you that are very, very practical. As, as, you know, believers in, in miracles and, and breakthrough, um, I believe that a lot of times people over-spiritualize this topic. It's, I mean, it's one of the most annoying things to hear. Let me paint a picture for you. I'm sure you know people like this. They say, well, we, we were short on our bills every month this year. And I just believe that, you know, I believe that it was an attack of the enemy, but I'm believing God's going to break us through. I believe God, you know, is going to bless us. I believe there's a breakthrough and a turnaround coming for us. 
and we, we haven't had enough, but that's just the devil attacking us because we, he knows that we're going to be impactful in the kingdom of God. Sister, listen, if you are short on money every single month over and over again, the problem isn't the devil. The problem is you. You need to have a plan. You need to have a solid, concrete plan on how to handle your money so that it doesn't keep on coming up short. Do you really think the devil is, is causing you to, to be broke through all of that careless spending, through all of those uh, subscription bills that you just left alone? You don't. These things aren't always spiritual. Now, there is a very big spiritual aspect to money, but there are also very big practical steps you can take. It's not always spiritual. The devil's not always attacking your money like you think he is. Maybe, maybe it's you mishandling it. So let's get into it. Let's talk about four tips or four keys that you can implement today to get a handle on your money. Number one, this is super important, but I know people are going to think, Alex, that's too simple. Alex, I already did that. Um, surely there's no one who doesn't know that. I would disagree. But the number one point is get a job. Get a job. Listen to me, young people. As soon as you can get a job and work, get a job and work. Because Christians, like I said, over-spiritualize the whole concept of money, they, they don't understand how God gives them money. God wants to bless you, yes, but how does he bless you? He's not going to rain U.S. dollar bills out of the windows of heaven. What if he wants to bless you through a promotion at work? What if he wants to bless you with a new job that has way better pay? You have to work. You have to have a good job to get paid and to have a handle on your money. The Bible actually has something very strong to say about this topic. This is 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and we'll start in verse 10. For even when we were with you, this is Paul speaking to the church in Thessalonica. He says this, For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. The Apostle Paul said that if you're not willing to work, you are not qualified to eat. It is so important that you have a job and that you work hard at that job. Another verse of scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 5, and we'll start in verse 8. Now this is very shocking, but I want you to understand the concept behind this. He says this to Timothy. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for the mem members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. See the importance that the Apostle Paul puts on the fact that you have a job and provide for the people around you. Now, if you're just yourself and you're just alone right now, that's totally okay. Have a job and provide for yourself and have leftover to give to the kingdom of God, uh, help other people. But the, the principle is this. Don't be a bum. Don't rely on government subsidies. Don't rely on your parents your whole life. Take charge. Take initiative. Get a job. Get a good job. If you have a job that you complain about all the time where you say, they don't pay me enough, I work too hard, the hours are crazy, but I don't get paid, look for a new job. Things aren't going to change for, because you're doing the same thing. You have to do different things to get different results. 
you can't go through life believing that you can just be some nutcase in the woods and just pray. You know, people, people mask it in over-spirituality because they say, no, my job pulls me away from, from what God's called me to do, which is press into prayer and the word. No, Christians are supposed to be functional in society. Yes, pray. Yes, read your Bible. Yes, witness. But be a functional member of society. This whole point can be wrapped up in the idea don't be a bum. Number two, get a handle on impulse spending. What is impulse spending? Impulse spending is a lack of self-control in the area of finances, where you literally cannot help yourself but spend all the money that you have. You literally cannot help yourself. When you see the, the new uh, iPhone come out, you have to buy it. You see the new sneakers that you like come out, you have to buy it. And you don't even think about it. Maybe you can't even afford it at the time, but you buy it. This is actually rooted in a deep, deep materialism. Now, as much, listen, as much as I hate when um, anti-prosperity preachers, uh, you know, I've had them comment on my Instagrams, on my, my videos, you're just a, you're a prosperity preacher, you're just preaching this American gospel, this gospel of materialism, because you say God wants people to be blessed. Now, understand, God does want you to have the best of the best in this world. He does care that you enjoy your life and not just endure it. But if you start getting your focus on the things that God gives you or the things that, you know, of this world, like the new this, the new that, that's materialism. That's a person who trusts in his own wealth. That's a person who is disqualified from being blessed any further because God knows that you, your character cannot handle the blessing of God because you're focused on the thing. Don't get focused on the thing. Yes, you can have nice things. Yes, you can have the best of the best. But at the end of the day, the, the people that I know that are the most blessed, the most prosperous, and you know, the people that I know in my life, preachers, family members, that understand this concept the best, they'll tell you, yeah, I like nice things, but they don't have a big importance in my life anymore. If I had this or I didn't have it, it wouldn't make a difference to me. That's the kind of mentality that you need to have. Here's a, here's a quote that I think is, is perfect for this point, and, and I believe my uncle first said it, but he said this, when everything means nothing, God can give you anything. When everything means nothing, God can give you anything. When those new shoes don't make or break your happiness or joy, when that thing that you want doesn't make or break your peace, God is willing to give it to you because he knows your character can handle it and that you won't start to focus on the thing, but you'll keep your focus on God. This is what the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 7. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. Yes, things are nice to have, but at the end of the day, the only thing that you can bring with you into eternity is your own soul and the souls of many people. Number three, we're talking about Four keys to get a handle on your money. Number three, don't spend all that you have. 
you have to have a budget. You have to have a plan in place. Otherwise, everything that comes in will go out and you'll be left with net zero. This is another way that Christians get broke and they wonder what happened. God, I thought you wanted to bless me. Yeah, he did bless you and he started to bless you, but you spent it all. Understand that you have to have a plan in place. Now, let me give you a hypothetical. If you take in 3000 let's just say for the sake of argument, you take in $3,000 every month, okay? And your bills, everything that goes out, your bills, your food, your, your expenses, your rent, everything equals up to $2,800, you are always going to be in trouble. You're always going to be in trouble. Why? Because you have $200 of cushion. You need to understand, don't live beyond your means. Cut that back until you're at a higher level. But understand this. I see a lot of young people do this. They see a man of God, a woman of God, someone they admire, someone they look to at a higher financial level than they are. And they say to themselves, Lord, I, I, I'm believing that you're going to take me to that level financially. You know, I'm going to sow towards it. I'm gonna... And then because they're not at that level now, but they want to be, they start to live like they're already at that level. They start to spend like they're at that level. They start to, you know, accrue uh, subscriptions and this and that and, you know, unnecessary things like they do um, possess that kind of money when in reality they don't. Don't live beyond your means. It's very simple. Don't spend everything you have. The Bible says it like this. Fools spend whatever they have. Very simple. That brings us to our final point. Point number four. This, I believe, is one of the most important things that you can have as a young person functioning in your life. Number four. Make it clear to God that no matter how much he blesses you, you'll always be an abundant giver. A couple of years ago when I was living in Virginia Beach, still with my parents, I was 15 or 16, I saw that one of my favorite preachers was preaching about five to six hours from where I lived in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And at the time, I was working a job, I had a job, but I didn't have a ton of money. Definitely my fault. I definitely wasn't following these principles that I'm telling you today. But nonetheless, I was very tight on money personally. And so I really didn't have the means to go on this trip um, and have a lot left over. But I made this promise to God. I said, Lord, you know that this minister has impacted me quite a bit. And like the, the Bible says, if someone ministers to us spiritual things, we're to minister to them back, but with financial things. So I said, Lord... Even though I don't have the money to do this, I'm going to go on this trip. But the sole reason I'm going on this trip is to place money in the hand of the man of God. And as I'm praying this prayer, I didn't have any money to place in his hand. But I said to God, as I'm going, I'm trusting that like you said in your word, you'd give seed to the sower and I would be able to do it. So I was believing God for a miracle. So I set out, I got myself a crappy motel room that I was not looking forward to uh, sleeping in and you know a tank of gas maybe a little bit for more gas but I go to this meeting in Pennsylvania to start off the week of revival meetings I get there I sit close to the back 
Um, I'm not trying to be noticed. I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, the center of attention. I'm literally just trying to sit and receive. And by the end of the week, hopefully, I wanted to give money to the preacher. So I'm sitting there. A, a bunch of miracle testimonies happened that I don't have time to to get into in this episode. But God answered my prayer. By the end of the week, just, just sitting in the back listening, not, not telling anyone I needed money, not telling people, keep me in, hey, brother, next to me, keep me in prayer. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really believing for money to give to the preacher. Just keep me in prayer. That's, that's, that's code for I need you to give me money. I never told anyone. And so just sitting in, in the mid to back section throughout that week, people had given me a total just, I mean, just come up and give it, give, giving it to me. Maybe they recognized me before. Maybe some people didn't even know who I was, but they said, the Lord spoke to me to give this to you. I wanted to give this to you. And by the end of the week, people had come up to me after service and given me about $300. Now, $300 might not impress you, but at the time <laughs> that I received it, that was a lot to me um, back in high school. And so, I, I, was, I was blown away. And so I knew as I got that money that I had to keep my promise to the Lord. This was the only reason I told him that I was going on this trip. So at the end of the week, I told the man of God, here, this is the reason I came in the first place was to give you this money to tell you how much you've impacted me. And so you see in that, in that story the principle that if you... Make sure God knows that you're always the type of person to be a giver. He will never hesitate to bless you. No matter what level you are financially right now, no matter what struggles you're going through financially now, make it clear to God that it doesn't matter how many uh, months late I, I am on rent, if that's your situation. I don't care if it means I have to, you know, I have to skip meals. I will never stop being a tither, and I will never stop being a giver. Once God sees that no matter what level you are financially, you'll always be a giver, he will never, never stop blessing you. He blesses those who have an open hand and an open heart. Here's one of my favorite verses of Scripture, and one that I try to live by very carefully. This is Proverbs 11:24. It says this, one gives freely yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Understand that as soon as you cut off generosity in your life, you've cut off the blessing of God. God does not bless stingy people. He blesses givers. So as a young person, make it your goal to make God aware that you're the type of person that no matter what you give me, no matter what situation I'm in, I'm going to be generous. I'm always going to tithe. Nothing is going to stop me from giving freely to other people. I am a giver. In fact, if you're still watching right now, I want you to write in the comments, I am a giver. It's not something that you do. It's someone that you are. I am a giver. Listen, thanks so much for watching. I love you. I'll see you in another episode.